Good morning and uh, welcome into the house today. I can't think of a better way to wrap up an old year uh, other than just gathering together to worship the Lord. What? I can't think of a better way to wrap up the year than that. Uh, there's, there's always something significant about starting a new year. Uh, because New Year's symbolize a fresh start. One of the things that I love about God is that he's actually the one who invented the whole concept of fresh starts. He's the one who gave us things like new months and new weeks and new years. In fact, in Lamentations chapter 3, it says this. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail, they are, and, and read this with me, they are new every morning. Wow, aren't you glad for that? That his compassions are new every morning, his mercy is new every morning, that every single day we get a fresh new start in God's new world. That's pretty cool. Yeah, some people would be excited about that. That's all right. And so listen, here's, here's my prayer for you. As we look into this new year, 2024, my prayer for you is this. I pray that each and every one of you would take advantage of this fresh new start that God has offered to us. Then that you would make it the absolute best year of your life. And uh, here's the deal. This is, this is something that I've learned. Is that the only way that this will be the best year of your life is if it's the best year of your life spiritually. In other words, if you'll make the conscious decision to focus your heart on drawing closer to God than you ever have before, and if you'll intentionally implement the practices that help you do that, to draw close to God, I promise you this will be the best year of your life. Why? Because the best way to live our lives is close to God. There's no better way to live than when we live close to God. And so in order to help you do that, uh, to help you launch into this new year with some good spiritual momentum, what I want to do is I just want to invite you to join with me starting tomorrow. Uh, I, I just invite you to join in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know some of you are already in the habit of doing that when a new year rolls around, that has just become part of the rhythm of your life. Um, and, and for those of you who have never done that, I probably better pause right here uh, for just a minute and say, if you're brand new to the faith and you've never fasted before, um, maybe you've, you've heard about it, but you thought, you know, that's just something that the really uh, radical Christians do, you know, the ones who are super spiritual, but it's not for normal people like me. Uh, I want to just encourage you that this is a great discipline for anybody who wants to take their relationship with God to a deeper level. And so if you'll take this challenge, and we're going to talk about the different kinds of fasts that you can participate here in just a moment, but, but if you'll take this challenge, I promise you this will be a great way to just kind of set your compass for the new year. And in fact, I, I've been thinking about this this coming year, and as I've thought about it, the word focus keeps coming to mind. I just can't get away from that word focus. I, I think that this is to be our word for this year, focus. I, I'm convinced that in order to, uh, to have the best year that you've ever had, that it's going to require a renewed focus on all of our parts. 
We're, we're going to talk more about what that might look like in each of our lives here in just a moment. But, but I, I believe that one of the best ways for us to get refocused is through prayer and fasting. That's one of the things that it does for us. In fact, let me, let me show you what I mean by that. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, may, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And I want to pause here for just a moment. And I want to talk a little bit about that word sanctify or sanctification. All right, so, so salvation is what happens whenever we give our lives to Jesus. We, we believe that when we uh, accept and receive Jesus' forgiveness, the Bible says that we get a fresh new start. It, it actually says that the old life is dead and a brand new life begins. That's salvation. And, and it's, a, it's a work of grace. In other words, uh, there's nothing that we did to earn it or deserve it. It's a free gift. But then there's a second work of grace. Again, it's something that you can't do on your own. You, you can't earn it. Um, God has to do it for you. Your part is to simply be willing and to ask God to do it. And this second work of grace is called sanctification. So if salvation is the born again part, Sanctification is the growing up part. That, that's really what sanctification is. It, it's, it's, it's allowing God to have full control of your life. When, when we're saved, what we do is we give God our sin. When we're sanctified, what we do is we give him the rest of us. We, we give him control. We, we, we make him Lord of our lives. We allow him to call the shots in our lives. And once we do that, once we allow him control and we allow him his rightful place as Lord to call the shots in our lives, then he begins to transform our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Which, come on, we all need transformation, right? Yeah? We all need transformation because we're all hardwired in such a way to where we tend to live in our flesh selfish, sinful, self-destructive lives. And so sanctification is both the initial and full surrender to God, and then it's the process of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. That's what sanctification is. And so what Paul is saying here is he says, I want you to know that God wants to do that in each of your lives. That, that this is actually supposed to be the normal Christian life. He doesn't want you to continue living in sin. He wants to sanctify you completely, purify your heart. Why? So that your whole spirit, soul, and body can be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've talked about this before, but, but, but just like God has three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're created in his image, so we're created with three parts as well, spirit, soul, and body. So, so you are a spirit. Your spirit, that's the eternal part of you, that uh, God is spirit. And so your spirit is the part that communicates with God. It relates to God. So you are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul is comprised of your mind, 
your will, and your emotion. What you think, what you want, and what you feel. And you, you live in a body. So around this time of year, people usually set some goals that relate to their bodies. So people set goals like to either to, to, to maybe to get up earlier or go to bed earlier or to uh, have, have a healthier diet or to exercise and maybe lose a few pounds. But we all have goals that we set in regards to our bodies. But here's the thing that you need to know is that every person, in every person's life, their, their soul and their body are constantly fighting for control against the spirit. They, they constantly want control of your life. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, I beat my body in order to bring it into submission. Now, of course, you know, he's not saying that I, you know, beat my, he, he wasn't a sadist, uh, but he, he wasn't saying that. What he's, what he's talking about is that I realized that there is this fight for control between my spirit and my flesh, and so I constantly have to forcefully take control of my body because it is always fighting for what it wants rather than what the spirit wants. And the Bible is clear that anytime we allow what it refers to as the flesh to be in control of our lives, then the result is we'll have a mess on our hands. For, for instance, if your soul is in charge, the tendency is that you'll be led by your emotions. Whatever you may feel in the moment, you're just controlled by that. It's, it's just this roller coaster, up one minute, down the next minute. That's what guides you, and, and, and it, it turns into a big mess. If you allow your body to call the shots, then you'll be led by whatever you may crave in the moment. And your decisions will be driven from, you know, lust or greed or laziness. And, 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 and you'll never do the hard stuff because, come on, the body doesn't want to do the hard stuff, right? It always wants to take the easy way out. And so you won't be disciplined. And, and again, your life will turn into a mess. And so the only way for us to live at our highest potential is for us to intentionally decide and make sure that our spirit remains in charge, in control. But, but here's what happens, and this happens for all of us, especially uh, in, in seasons like this. There are seasons like the holidays, and it, and it happens at other times throughout the year as well, but it's especially true during the holidays, is that sometimes in the busyness of everything taking place, our life can get out of whack a little bit. Can I get an amen on that? Anybody? Yeah. And we get to this time of year, we're, we're getting ready to enter into a brand new year, and as we look back at all of the flurry of the holidays from Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we recognize that not only did we have a great time with relatives, but maybe we had a great time with pie <laughs> and cookies and candy and all the goodies from Christmas. And we, we recognize that maybe we spent a little more money on stuff that we didn't need than we probably should have. We, we recognize that maybe our schedule has gotten out of whack. We've gotten caught up in all of the busyness that takes place in this time of year, you know, with parties and programs and dinners and shopping. And, and we've neglected the time we normally would spend in time in, in prayer and in the Word. And, and so it's always good, especially this time of year, to just 
pause for a moment and just acknowledge that, you know, maybe I've allowed a few areas in my life to slide a little bit, and then we get focused about getting back on track. And what I want you to understand this morning is that prayer and fasting is one of the best and quickest ways to do that. Because what it does is this, is is when we pray and we fast, it actually resets us to the way we were intended to live life. You see, fasting reminds our soul and our body that they're not in charge. And prayer, of course, is our connection with God. And so prayer reconnects us with God. One of, the, one of the reasons why we fast is because sometimes our body needs to understand, hey, you are not in charge. You're not, you're not in control. And there are several different, several different ways that, that you can fast that I want to go over real quick. And I encourage you to, to pray about which one of these would God have me do over the next 21 days. The first, the first kind of fast that you can do is what is known as a complete fast. Now, there, there are some who God may actually lead you to do this, and it's a wonderful, very spiritual, impactful kind of fast, but a complete fast is exactly what it sounds like. It's where you completely fast all food. And so for 21 days, no food. You, you drink uh, water or juice, or some will include like a vegetable or chicken broth for 21 days. And, and, and let, me just, let me just say this. If you've never fasted anything before in your life, this is probably not the fast for you, all right? So this is something that you kind of got to work up to. If you're going to fast everything, you know, do it for a day. And then, you know, people do it for a couple of days and then maybe a week, but you don't like right out of the chute 21 days. But, but, but if you do feel led to do this kind of fast, I would also say this, make sure that you consult with your physician and, and that he let you know that you're capable of doing that from a health standpoint, okay? And, and do lots of research because um, you need to understand what you're getting yourself into. You probably need to adjust your schedule because the reality is that you'll, you'll get weak over those 21 days from not eating food. And so uh, if you're going to do that, do it prayerfully and take those precautions. But the second kind of fast that you can participate is what, in is what's called a selective fast. Now, a selective fast is where you fast from certain kinds of food that you enjoy, again, for the purpose of disciplining your body and praying and seeking God in your life. The most popular version of this kind of fast you've probably heard of before is the Daniel fast. Many of you have probably even participated in that kind of fast. But if you, if you haven't, maybe you've heard of it. Um, if you remember the story of Daniel, Daniel is taken into captivity in Babylon. And because the, the meat that is being served has been sacrificed to idols and, and Daniel doesn't want to participate in that, he eliminates meat out of his life and he only eats uh, fruit and whole grains and vegetables. No processed food. Of course, that wasn't a problem back then, but, but only ate fruits and vegetables and, and whole grains. And, and this has become a very popular way of fasting. In fact, there is probably more information on this fast than any other. And if you want to know more about it, just, just get online and search Daniel fast and you'll probably get more information than you even want. But there's all kinds of stuff out there. But another way to do this kind of a selective fast is simply uh, just cut out 
a particular food or group of foods that you enjoy. Like um, Laura loves coffee, my wife Laura. And uh, one time she decided to do this fast, 21 days, uh, she cut out coffee. She enjoys her coffee. Can I just tell you those 21 days were not super enjoyable for me as she cut out the coffee? <laughs> Um, but, but for 21 days, that's what she did. She didn't have any coffee. I heard a story about this one girl who she was going to fast, and so she said to her pastor, Pastor, I've been praying about it, and, and I really feel like what God wants me to do is I'm going to fast Starbucks. And so he said, that's great. You're going to fast caffeine. She said, oh, no. I'm not cutting out caffeine. In fact, I'm not cutting out coffee. I'm fasting Starbucks. And he was like, man, way to, way to go for it there, you know. Really go for it. But uh, a selective fast, the key is when you do this kind of fast, here's the key. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh man, I, I can do that. I'll, I'm going to cut out broccoli and cauliflower, Brussels sprouts maybe, something like that. You probably won't get much out of the fast. Because the key is that you are picking something that your body enjoys. And, and so again, what you're, what you're saying is, is you're saying you're not in charge. You want that Dorito, you're not going to get the Dorito. Because you're not in charge. So the goal is to take something out that your body enjoys. You're telling it you're not in charge. I'm not going to let you have what you want. All right, the third kind of fast is what's known as a partial fast. A partial fast is where maybe you just, you, you won't fast throughout the whole day, but maybe you'll fast a meal or a couple of meals. Maybe you won't have breakfast or you won't, you won't have, uh, have lunch. This is also known as a Jewish fast. The way that the Jewish people fasted, when you read in scripture that they fasted, typically what they would do was they would fast from sun up to sundown. And so they would skip breakfast and lunch and then have, have dinner. I was talking to one, a fellow pastor who said that, he said, I did that Jewish fast. And he said, I, I skipped breakfast, I skipped lunch, and then at dinner I ate about 10,000 calories and gained 40 pounds over my fast. So uh, it, it just eat a regular meal, all right? The, the point is, again, you're wanting your body to feel it. You're reminding your body, hey, you're not in control. Now, now um, the last kind of fast that I would encourage everybody to include along with one of the three that I just mentioned is I would really encourage you to do some kind of soul fast. A, a, a soul fast is where you intentionally remove anything that may tend to distract you from time connecting with God. And, and so maybe for you, a good soul fast would be just fast social media. No Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter. Just remove that out of your life for 21 days. <clears throat> Maybe for others of you is, um, you know, it, it, it's the news. Fox News or CNN. Just remove that. The time you spent. Maybe for some it's TV altogether. But, but whatever it is that you remove, here's the important part of this. Not only do you remove that component that distracts you from spending time with God, then the other part of that is you need to replace the time you would spend doing that with spiritual practices. Time spent in worship. Time spent reading the word. Time in prayer. Some of you might want to write this down. Nothing significant happens in the natural till it happens in the spiritual. This is really why we're doing what we're doing. 
<clears throat> nothing significant happens in the natural till it happens in the spiritual. So, so the, there's the removal of something that reminds our flesh you're not in charge. And then we need to spend time feeding the spirit. So if you decide, okay, I'm not going to fast social, I'm going to fast social media, but you replace that time with watching more Netflix, you're probably not going to get a whole lot out of the deal. It's important that we replace, that we feed our spirit. And we want to do a couple of things to help you with this. The first one was mentioned in our announcement video. This Wednesday night at 7 p.m. right here in this room, we're going to engage in an hour of worship and prayer. And so I invite you, come join us. Just say, hey, I'm going to start the new year. This is going to be a practice I'm going to be intentional about. And come join us for worship and prayer from 7 to 8. Bring your family. Bring your kids. It's important that kids uh, experience this and, 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 and see what it looks like to worship God and to pray. And so participate in that. The second way we're going to help you is every, uh, well, Monday through Friday at noon, we're going to do a Facebook Live prayer time. And so join us Monday through Friday at noon. Now you're saying, well, I just decided I was going to fast social media. Well, do this and fast everything else. I mean, it's okay to do this. So, so we'll jump on. It's not if you're fast. It's, this would be a great thing to add in if you're deciding to fast lunch. Then just jump on. It's not going to be a long, maybe 10 or 15 minutes at the most. And we'll just uh, do a little teaching or a, a passage of scripture on prayer. And then we'll spend some time praying. And then the third one is, is we put together a prayer guide to help you. Some people, you know, they, it's like, I, I believe that everybody wants to pray. But I think a lot of times we're like, I don't know how to pray or what to pray for. And so, you know, I'm really going to go for it, and I'm going to spend time in prayer, and I, and, I, and I really go for it, and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm pressing in, and I know that I've been there for about an hour, and I look at the clock, and it's been three minutes, and I prayed everything I know to pray. And so if that's you, you're normal, but this will help you with that. We put a prayer guide together, and it's got several different models of prayer that you can implement into your life. And then along with that, We've got uh, uh, some prayer points, 21 different prayer points that we're going to invite you to join us in praying over. We'll all pray these things together. There will be one a day, if you've done the math already. Uh, there'll be one point a day, and so you can pray over those things. And so we've got this guide for you. If you go to our website, connectingpoint.church, and you click on the central hub tab, if you go there, there's a link to that prayer guide, and you can access it there, you can download it. If you don't have access to a computer, we did print out a few. And so you can pick one of those up at the next steps table in front of the, the you belong here wall. Okay. So my prayer is that a whole bunch of you will just join with me over the next 21 days because I am convinced that God wants to do some amazing things this year. He wants to do amazing things in your life personally. He wants to do some amazing things in the life of our church. He wants to do some amazing things in our city. But again, in order to experience it, it's going to require a renewed focus on our part. I, I want you to look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read uh, this from the, the message paraphrase. This is actually a prayer that Paul is praying for his friends in Ephesus. And, and he prays this. He says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, 
the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Now, I want to pause right here for a moment. Man, that's my prayer for each of us here today. I, I pray that each of you would know God personally. God, listen, I don't want you just to know God from attending here once a week on Sunday mornings. I don't want you to know God just simply from the words that I speak as your pastor, as I preach to you. I don't want you to know God from somebody else's experience with him. In fact, he wants you to know him personally. He wants to talk to you personally, speak to you personally, lead you personally. And so Paul says, this is what I want. I want you to know him personally. And then he goes on and says, your eyes focused and clear. Why? And I love this. So that you can know exactly what he's calling you to do. Wow. Did you know that God wants you to know exactly what it is that he's calling you to do? I, I, think, I think way too often, rather than taking time to listen to to, to what God wants us to do. Way too often, we just simply allow the culture that we live in to influence what we do. You know, we, this is just kind of what we're supposed to do. It's what everybody else is doing. Like, like, like with our kids, you know, we, we just, this is the time you're supposed to have them pee in the potty because that, that's when you're supposed to do it. Or, or this is the time, you know, when you're supposed to take the bottle away because that's when you're supposed to do it. This is, this is the time when you're supposed to send them to school so that they can educate them or, or, or send them to church so that they can develop them spiritually or send them to baseball practice so that they can teach them how to be, do baseball. And, and, we, and we just do all of those things that way because it's what everybody else does. That, that's what you're supposed to do. We, we start a career. And, and we scrimp and we save to buy that first starter home because that's what you're supposed to do. And then, and then once we get the, the starter home, we, we scrimp and save so that we can move up and get a bigger home. And, and, and we sock everything away that we can so someday we can get comfortable and travel and finally do whatever it is that we want to do, and which, which there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But, but we do them typically, or do we do them, because we prayed about it. Because we ask God, is this what you want me to do? And when I, when I say pray about it, I don't mean um, pray in the way of like, God, I want a better house, so would you give it to me? Maybe we, we need to start praying, God, what do you want for me? What do you want for my life? And here's the deal. If God says, this is what I want for you, you can have confidence and you're going to have it because he said, that's what I have for you. And I believe that God wants good things for us. Amen, that was really good, Doug, that's good. I believe that too. Yeah, he does, he wants good things for us. And, and so the question is, do we take the time to seek the face of God to find out what his plan is for our lives, or do we just simply do what we do because it's what everybody else says we're supposed to do and it's what everybody else is doing? And so instead of waking up in the morning and just responding to the news and the stock market and social media and all the stuff that busies up our lives, I wonder what it would look like if we actually lived as though there was an actual call on our lives. What if we really believed that for each and every one of us, that God had an actual plan 
for our lives. Like God, God had actually called us to something greater, to, to be a messenger, a messenger of hope to those who need hope. Well, what if we really believed that, that God's hand was on us and he had called us to be a, a source of light in a dark world? Well, what if we actually believe that God had a plan for our day and if we would allow him to and listen to him, he would actually orchestrate our steps as we walk throughout the day, that he would actually lead us where he wanted to lead us. Like, what would it look like if we became so focused that we actually knew exactly what it was that God was leading us to do moment by moment by moment? See, I'm convinced we can live that way. I'm convinced that's the way we were intended to live, and I'm convinced that if we decided to live that way, then 2024 actually would be the best year of our lives. Paul, Paul said, I'm praying for focus for you so that you can experience that kind of life. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. He says, it says, when the, if the people can't see what God is doing, in other words, when we lose our focus, if the people can't see what God is doing, then the result is they stumble all over themselves. And here's the good news. This is incredible. It says, but when they attend to what he reveals, watch this, then they are most blessed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle for blessed. I want to be most blessed. Anybody want to be most blessed? Come on, are you with me? We, we can be both, like, like, like I, I want to have every single blessing that God has. I don't want to leave any blessing laying on the table. I, I think one of the great tragedies would be to go to heaven one day only to discover that there were a whole bunch of blessings that God had intended just for you, but you missed out on them because of lack of focus, because you focused on the wrong things. And just couldn't see what God wanted to do in your life. I, I don't know about, I want to be focused and I want you all to be too. And so I'm, I want to show you just a, a few scriptures because maybe there's something as we enter into 2024. I've said this before. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I do believe in setting goals. I set goals. But, 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 but I believe that maybe there's something this year that God is specifically calling you to focus on. And if you'll obey him, if you'll lean into him and discover what it is and then walk in that, it'll make all the difference in your life. In Psalm 27, verse 4, David said this, powerful verse. He says this, he says, there's one thing that I ask of the Lord. This is the thing that I seek most. And here it is. He says, I just want to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Maybe for some of you, your focus for this year is simply you just need to focus in on what are my priorities I just need to reprioritize. I need to look at life, and I want to set some priorities. David, David says here, he says, hey, he was king. He, he was the leader of an entire nation, the leader of an army. Everything was at his disposal. And, and so he says, you know, there's a lot of great things that I could do with my life. There's all this stuff that I could do, but there, you know, because there's, there's so much that competes for my time and attention. But he says, I've decided that what's most important to me 
is I just want to spend time in the presence of God. Out of all the things that I could be doing, this is my number one priority. I just want to be in the presence of God. And certainly I would pray that God would be at the center of each of our lives over this coming year, that you would be intentional about making it a priority to just spend time in the presence of God. But, but I think just in general, there's a whole lot of us who maybe it would be good as we launch, we get this fresh new start to just sit down and, and refocus when it comes to the area of our priorities. Listen, listen the devil would love nothing more. I'm convinced that the way the devil attacks is he doesn't just like throw all this bad stuff at us. I think he would rather, and he's totally satisfied to just fill our schedule with things that aren't necessarily bad or sinful, but they're distractions. Distractions that keep us from whatever legacy God has called us to leave. And so I believe it's important. We, we need to prioritize. The beginning of the year is a great time to do that. Philippians chapter 3, 13, Paul says this. He says, here's the one thing I focus on. This is what God is challenging him on in this moment as he took time to sp spend time at the feet of Jesus and, and listen to his voice. He says, what I'm gonna focus on is this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Maybe this year for some of you, God is calling you. Your focus needs to be just, just let, let go. There's some stuff you just need to let go of. There's an area in your life that you just need to leave into the past. You, you gotta understand that your past has absolutely no power over your future unless you allow it to. But whatever it is that you've been through, Whatever it is that's been done to you, whatever it is that you've done, doesn't have to have say over tomorrow. The Bible says if you're in Christ, then you're a brand new creation. You're a brand new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And the, the Bible says that, we read this a little while ago, that his mercies are brand new every single morning. And so what that means is, is that we don't have to be defined by past mistakes or what happened to us in 1990 or 2020 or 2023. We don't have to be defined by those things. It's the past. So why don't we just let it go? I was going to sing that right. Let it go, let it go. Let it go, man. Paul, Paul says, I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget what's behind me. Now, this is interesting because Paul certainly had his own share of failures, but he also had his share of successes. And what Paul didn't say, I think, is, is, is interesting is what he did say. He doesn't say, I'm going to leave my past failures behind me. He said, I'm leaving the past behind me. Co Coach Phil Jackson, who coached the Bulls and uh, the Lakers and, and, and actually won more NBA championships than any other coach in history, he, he once said this. He said, success is only success at the moment you perform something successful. And, and what makes you successful in the moment won't necessarily make you successful in the future. And so as a church, we celebrate all of the successes we've had. 110-year history, we celebrate all of the successes we've had. But here's the deal. What we did then 
isn't going to be what carries us into the future. Don't get me wrong. What happened in the past, and even what's happened this past year, has been awesome. But what matters now is what do we do today? What matters now is who are the people we're going to reach today? What matters now is who are the people we're going to help today? You see, in order to keep moving forward, we've got to be successful in the moment. We've got to build God's house this year. Amen. All right, four of us are excited about that. we got to build God's house this year. There are things we have to do this year. We've got to get on our face this year. It doesn't matter whether we prayed or fasted in the past. We've got to get on our faces now. What does God want to do in our lives now? What happened then isn't what's going to take us into tomorrow. I believe that God wants to give us a fresh word. We cannot live off of yesterday's bread. We need fresh bread every morning. We need a fresh word. You can't live by past successes or mistakes. I'm preaching really good, aren't I, Brad? Is this good? It's good. You can't live by past successes or mistakes, and so it's time to let it go. Paul says, I'm going to leave it all behind, and I'm going to press forward to what, for what God has for me. I love the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. Mary is all busy, you know, preparing for the party. She's got work that needs to be done. She's got a long to-do list. And, you know, she's like somebody's got to vacuum and somebody's got to set the table and somebody's got to cook the food. And in the midst of all of her busyness, Jesus says to her, he says, Martha, there's only one thing right now that's worth being concerned about. And your sister Mary has discovered it. And because she's discovered it, and because she's practicing it, it's not going to be taken from her. You know, you know what Mary was doing? She, she was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. She, she was just hanging out with Jesus. She was just quieting her heart and shutting out all of the distractions so that she could hear the voice of the one that she loved the most. She just was enjoying the presence of Jesus. I think one of the great tragedies in modern day culture is that our lives have gotten so stinking busy that we oftentimes miss out on the moment. I mean, we may be present physically, but but our minds are kind of like Martha. We may be We may be Mary on the outside, but Martha on the inside. (laughs) You know, we're there, but our minds are like, man, I I gotta do this, and this is coming up, and there's, there's this, and there's this, and there's this. And as a result, we're just never present. Like we're in this moment, you know, especially over the past few weeks. Parents, you understand this. In this moment where our, our children are actually home for a few days and 
They're, they like, they, wanna, they want us to play games with them or color pictures with them or sit on the floor and play. But, but we, we've got the dishwasher that needs to be unloaded and we got, uh, you know, the, that, 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 that Christmas tree that needs to come down and all the decorations we have to clean up before we go back to work and laundry that needs to be done and we got emails that need to be answered and bills that need to be paid. And we got all this stuff and we miss out on the moments. And before you know it, they're, they're gone. We don't have those moments anymore. And I believe that Jesus is saying, look, you know, it's not that all of that stuff isn't important, but it's just not the most important. All of that stuff, it's important, but it's, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be time for it, but these moments that lie before you aren't always going to be there. And so, so there are times that we need to focus in the moment and we need to get before God and we need to shut everything out, all of the other stuff and just focus on the presence of God because his word is life. It's amazing how. I don't remember, I don't remember who said it. Some of you would probably remember this quote, but it was a spiritual giant that said, the busier that I get, the more I, time I realize I need to spend in the presence of God. The busier life comes, the more time I carve out to just sit in the presence of God. It's amazing how when we make that a priority in our life, all of those other things will come together and the stuff that really is not that important, we realize it's not that big a deal that we didn't get it done. We just, we just need to focus this year. Maybe for some, life has gotten so busy, you just gotta, it's just time to slow down. Just slow down. Mary said, there's plenty of other things that I could be doing, but I think I'm just gonna sit here for a while and be still and know that he is God. We, we need to stop falling for the lie that, man, you just got to keep, you just got to hustle. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep running. You just got to keep going. You just keep, keep loading up that schedule. And I'll be honest with you. This is one that I struggle with. Laura and I have talked a lot about this over the past several weeks. And I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I am notorious for saying it's just a season. If I can just get through this season. And Laura keeps reminding me Man, someday you're going to wake up 70 years old and you're going to discover that the season was your life. Thank God for good, wisely, wise Christian wives, huh? I'm probably not the only one who needs to hear that. But if you don't hit the pause button and slow down, one day you're going to wake up only to discover that you never started the things that you were always going to start. You never... You never paused to hear that revelation from the Lord. You never ceased those moments to invest in the relationships that you desired. Maybe one thing that you need to focus on this year is just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slow down. Mark 10, and this is the last one. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus He's jumped through all the hoops. He's checked all the religious boxes. He's dotted all the, 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 the I's and crossed all the T's. And, and it says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. 
But he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. Why? Not, not because he had too much stuff, but because Jesus realized that his stuff had too much of him. He said, give it to the poor and you'll receive treasure in heaven and then come follow after me. See, this young man's problem was that he hadn't truly surrendered everything in his life. So maybe for some of you, your focus this year is you just need to surrender. Maybe you said, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna chase after you as long as I can hold on to this one thing. Listen, he'll either be Lord of all or Lord, not at all. There's no in between. And so you've been holding on to some things and maybe your focus this year is just surrendering and letting it go. You see, what I'm trying to help you understand is that there is incredible power in living a focused life. And so here's my prayer for you one last time. I ask the God of our master Jesus Christ, the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. That, that you would know him on a level that you've never known him before. That this year you would have a deeper intimacy with Jesus than you've ever had before in your life so that your eyes would be focused and clear and that you would be able to see exactly what it is that he's calling you to do now. Now. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning as we close with prayer. And there may be some here in this place today, and really what God is calling you to do is to take that initial step of surrender and surrender your life to him, to invite him in to be the forgiver of your sins. And so I wanna invite every, every person in this room, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. This is a moment just between you and Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you've never received him as the forgiver of your sins, if you've never accepted that free gift of salvation, that, that fresh new start, and I want to invite you to do that this morning. We're not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to include you in a prayer. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, and if you're here this morning and say, hey, I'd, I'd like that. I'd like to begin this new year in relationship with God, accepting his forgiveness, then I would just ask you real quick, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to call you out and embarrass you. I just want to include you in a prayer. Yeah, yeah. Several of you here this morning, you put your hands down. Father, this morning as we come before you, we're thankful that you're the forgiver of our sins, the leader of our lives, and that you, you want to lead us. You want to, you want to be active in our lives. You don't want us to try and go it alone. And so this morning, as there have been several who have just slipped their hands up as a way of saying, hey, I, I'm in. I want to receive that gift of forgiveness. I want to start this new year in relationship with you. I pray today that you would surround them and cover them. And I would just invite you this morning, if you lifted your hand, just in the quietness of your own heart, to maybe take these words that I'm going to pray and, and, and pray them yourself. Make them their, your own. Let's pray something like, Jesus, I receive 
your gift of forgiveness. I give my life to you. I'm tired of doing it my own way. And I ask you to come in and to cleanse me of my sin and help me to follow after you. I receive this gift of grace. I know I didn't earn it. I receive it because it's your gift to me. And I pray that you would help me as I seek to follow after you. And Father, I pray this morning that for each and every one of us, those who just prayed this prayer in this moment and those who prayed it maybe years and years and years ago, that as we move forward into this new year, 2024, I pray that it would be the greatest year for us personally and corporately that we've ever experienced before in our lives. But we recognize the only way for it to be the greatest year is if it's the greatest year spiritually. So over these next 21 days, as we intentionally focus our hearts and our minds on you, as we remind our flesh, hey, you're not in charge, and as we feed our spirit by spending time in your word and time in worship and time in prayer, I pray that you would give us a fresh new vision for our lives. I pray that there would be moments as we go throughout our day that we would just be hit with the awareness, man, this is a God appointment, that God led me to this place. He led me to this conversation. He led me to this decision, and that we would seek your face, and we would honor you, and we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, amen and amen.